think if you learn from the past, there's a good chance the future will be different. It's just so great to see such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver. They've been waiting a long time for this. Your support is what's going to make winning a Stanley Cup in this city so special. And I got a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to us. Episode 6 of Canucks Cast. I'm joined by by C, by Son, and you can find him on Twitter at at Spence Canucks. I'm Alexander Frakes, and you can find me on Twitter at Sam Alexander 300. And you can find us on our website at www.canucksblogcast.wordpress.com. And today we're going to be talking about what went wrong in the Calgary series and what could they have done differently in order to win the series. And we're also previewing the round two matchups that are starting today. All that and more on this episode of Canucks Cast. So, Sean, where do you think went one in game in game six for the Canucks? They just looked tired and beat up. Um, like I said, it didn't like mo- most people out there picked Calgary to win in six. I didn't see very many, uh, very many of the media picking the Canucks to win that series, and uh, they just. <clears throat> The, uh, the the younger players just beat us. Yeah, they did. And it was also the Canucks' inability to hold on to leads. I know Calgary's a great comeback team, but still, that's, a, that's still a sort of start the Canucks from holding on, on to a lead. Even going well, in, into this, even going into the sword period, they still have, been, still have been able to hold on to it. Well, yeah, but like I, like I said before, Calgary, Calgary has... Scored 237 goals last year. 115 of them were in the third period. 115 goals in 82 games. That's pretty remarkable. <clears throat> like that. That's that's what they do. That they wait until the third period and then they turn it on. That's what they've done all year. Yeah, you're right. They. It's been. Yeah, and it's one of and it's one of the main reasons of their success this season because of the, because they're a great comeback team and their ability to come back no matter how strong they are and no matter how much they're trailing in this sort of period. But then game but game six was going so was started out so well. I mean, they scored three quick goals on Hiller and and they man, and the first goal was one of the rebound goals. That the Canucks were talking about, they have to get. They 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 talked about how Hiller gives up lots of rebounds, and they, and they were talked about how they weren't able to get them. Well, the first goal was was a was a save that Hiller kicked that kicked out via his pads, and the Canucks were able to, to able to get that rebound goal via Brandon McMillan, and I and uh, and then several then a couple minutes later it was Yannick Hansen. Basically scoring after the second after the Canucks penalty was over, and then the Canucks scored on the power play on, and it was Radam Vabada. It all seemed to be going so well at the start of the game. Hello. Hello, Trump. Well, you know what? What we did in Game Six is we choked, and that's the reason I joined this call late. I am still depressed over that Game Six loss, man. We're up three nothing, and we just. Oh my God! What the hell happened? Well, yeah. Well, you should feel at least a little bit comforting because the Nashville game went similarly to the Canucks one. Both had three nuts and leads, and both and both teams blew it and lost yep. the series. No, that that's true. That's true for sure. 
and I find that a little bit eerie and suspicious as well. How can how can two games can go along so similarly and and teams lose in such sim lose the series in such similar fashion? Don't you find that a little bit odd? As soon as C Rebel went down, I knew Nashville was done. Yeah, but still, them jumping up to a to a three nothing lead like like we did. It's, and then losing it like we did, it's kind of creepy. Yeah well, yeah, well, I wouldn't put both of those together. Creepy. They're two, they're two totally different series, two totally, like, they're, they're two totally different teams. I, I wouldn't bunch that together. It, it, it just happened to work out that way, but it wasn't creepy. Yeah. Game six reminded me of, uh, I think it was game six in... 2009 with the Canucks and the Blackhawks where we were up ahead two goals, they were up ahead, we were up ahead and we just blew yeah. it and we lost that, You know what, yeah. after we lost that game that's exactly what it reminded me of, we lost that game 7-4 to four too, and, didn't we? And that's the same way I felt after game 6 yeah. Like we, we had that game and we just blew it and I'm pretty sure they won it like they, I'm pretty sure they scored 7 goals Yeah, I think they, they beat us 7-4 in game yeah. 6 that year. I know Patrick King got a hat trick in that game. Yeah yeah, but let's not forget, let's not forget some two of two of the goals were empty netters, so those really don't really count as much because I know the Canucks were trying to get get back into the game, but those empty netters really. But then, but then, but then, when it was three nothing, and you were and, and you were messaging me going, "Oh, there's no way that they're going to lose this now." This game, and, and it's halfway through the first period. I'm like, Alex, settle down. These the the Flames do this on purpose. Like they like being behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, how confident were you after it's three nothing? After Rubada scored that power play goal, really confident because uh, because <laughs> because because I know no team wants to go. Even even the Flames are a great comeback team. I'm sure if you asked them, they would rather be in the lead than trailing every time because because more often than not, they're not always going to come. They're not always going to come back and win the game because it's impossible to do that every time you're trailing. Well, and they didn't do it every single time, but they were the best third period comeback team in the league. They uh, they they were the best, like they were coming back from leads. They beat the L.A. Kings. They were losing five four or five nothing going into the third period against the Kings and Jonathan Quick and that defense, and they ended up winning the game six to five against the Kings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess I got a little t- too overconfident now, but I wasn't uh, confident at all. Yeah, but my, my, my stepdad even phoned me and said, "So, uh, how many goals do you think they need before you feel confident?" And I said, six. If they're yeah, up no, six wasn't surprised nothing, at all. If, if if they're up six nothing, then I'll say we're going to game seven. But until then, <laughs> I'm not confident at all. It's it's just still depressing though. Like, yeah, but it, it wasn't surprising, but it just it still pisses. You off the way the Canucks went out tonight. It could have been Canucks at Ducks for Game One since the it's ten. It's the Flames. Are you kidding me? Well, well I know the Flames are going to get completely destroyed in that series. Furland, I don't, I don't, know, I don't not, know about that. Well, Furland, Furland will not be running around uh, uh, doing what he was doing because the Ducks will just tear him apart. They're way yeah, bigger. Way the, bigger. Duck, the Ducks had trouble with the Jets, even if you want to call it a sweep. Oh, no, they did. They did, but that was a heavy team, too. 
The Jets. True. The Jets. Mike Wheeler. Yeah. Big buff. Yeah, that's true. Buffalo's huge. He was bigger than anybody on both teams. Perry and Gesslev will manhandle the Flames defense, that's for sure. Because you know, who's, who's their toughest guy? Derek Angeland? Are you kidding me? You know that Perry is going to go after Monaghan and, uh, and uh, Goudreau. Yeah, and the Flames still don't even know what line's going to match up against the, the Ducks' top guns. Like, who's going to be well, the center? Backland? And then, and then you got to worry about their second line with Kessel running it. Yep. Yeah, and the reason why the Ducks made it to the second round was 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 part of the same reason that, that Calgary made it to the second round. The ability to come back in the third period, like the Flames. I mean, I mean, basically every game that the that the Ducks played against the Jets, the Jets were in the lead and the and they managed to climb back and win the game. Exactly. Yeah, like they the, were the second best team coming back from the third period, but. The Ducks only this year lost one game all year in one goal games, and that was against us. And that was that was that was the only time, and it happened to be a shootout. We'll come back to the Canucks talk in a second, but what's your prediction for this series? Initially, I had Anaheim and seven written down, but I'll say Ducks and six. I'm saying Ducks and five. Well, I'm going to go and say Ducks and six. I mean, I mean, I don't think a, I don't think. I don't think that I think that the Ducks will win. Well, the Flames will win one in the, in the Scots in the Honda Center, and I think it'll be a and they will finally win one for the first time at the Honda Center in a long while. Because I don't think this Honda Center that losing streak they're on will 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 go in the, into the playoffs. Oh, I do. They have a one in the Honda Center. What did they say till since two thousand and six or something? In terms of what? Playing the Ducks in the Honda Center. Oh yeah, jeez. They have a one in there in a long, and they play them a lot during the regular season. That's you know, a lot of games. And, they have and Hiller played lights out in the first round. He's going to yeah. have to play lights out once again because you know the Flames' offense for most of the part was. Actually, non-existent. They got one the line. They got yeah, one that, line that scores, and that and you know the Ducks are just going to shut down that one line. And that's what that's what's disappointing. We outshot the Flames in every single game. I'm pretty sure, and still lost in six. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. Hiller Hiller did play good, and, and sometimes it takes a hot goalie. Sometimes a goalie will get hot. Like whoever thought, and I know Detroit lost, but Morazic. In the in the four losses that he had, or or no, in the in, in four games, in four games that he played, he had two shutouts. He had uh, uh, he had two games where he only let in one, and they were getting badly outshot. Last night was different, but before that, they were getting badly outshot in those games. Yeah, Morazic stood on his head. Who like? Did you even know who that kid was before the, the this year? I, 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 had, I had absolutely no clue. No, I'd never heard of him. Neither, neither have I. I mean, like last last season, last year, I had Jimmy Howard making the uh, U.S. Olympic roster as a starting goalie. Times <laughs> have changed. Yeah, I don't know if Jimmy Howard's going to be even the Red Wings next year. Might be in Grand Rapids. <laughs> yeah, because Moazic just, uh, yeah, Moazic actually almost stole that series for the for the wins. I mean. 
best of Gar- 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 game, but I mean, it, it was that close to going to overtime, and maybe if, if it went to overtime, it would be the Wings facing the Montreal Canadiens in round two instead of Tampa. It's too bad. Even though I predicted the Lightning in six, I was really cheering for the Red Wings because they're just oh, such so a likable team. That's why I picked them in seven, and I was almost—I almost got it, dude. Fucking Braden Coburn, first playoff goal since 2011. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, and I like to shift back to the Calgary um, Ducks series. And you say they haven't won down in since 2006. Well, the Flames also broke a streak that they haven't done. In, in just in in eleven years, which is advanced to this advanced to the second round of the playoffs. I haven't done that since two thousand and four and I think they have a and I think that that they broke that streak, so Well think, yeah, but that's compl- that's a little bit different because the the Flames have only made the playoffs uh, uh after two thousand four they made the playoffs in oh nine. Um, they didn't. Uh, they made the playoffs a couple times, I think, before that. But they they didn't make the playoffs right off. So that's completely different. Like they were playing the Ducks five times a year, um, all together. Yeah, yeah, they were. And, and two or three were at in in Anaheim every year since two thousand six. Yeah, but you know what's even surprising about that streak? I'm um, so some of those games have gone to at least a shootout, and you and you would think that. The Flames would able to get a, have a shootout go their way in at least in one of those games at the Honda Center. Well, we we were we've been terrible in shootouts for years until this year. <laughs> like, oh, just just direct. And that and that was one of the biggest reasons why they went out and got Miller and they got Verbata. Verbata is a shootout specialist, and Miller is the best shootout goaltender in the history of the league since they brought the shootout in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't even put in a goal this year in the shootout, Miller. <laughs> yeah. He... And, re- and remember Luongo in the shootout. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. That was an Just adventure. Flopping. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And now, I like this. And now, part of the reason why I was so confident that in the, when it comes to the free national league was because of the way Miller played in the last two games. I mean, I mean, so he didn't really get tested much, but after... After after game five, he played well, made uh, twenty saves, and some of them were, were were really good saves. So, I saw after way Miller played in that last game. I saw in the last in the last game, I, I saw he was really on his game, and would and would start playing as well, and and play as not say as well as Hiller, but play well and enough. Was, and he was playing well in that game. And if you look at all those goals, um. It was because the Flames crashed the net. Like the uh, the first three goals, uh, well, two of them were backdoor plays, so you gotta be, you just gotta freak out and make that save. Uh, the first goal was a, just a like there was ten bodies in front, just whacking at the puck, and Miller is sitting. Like, he couldn't see the puck. Our defenseman can't clear out. It's it's dreadful. Yeah. Yeah, take a cross-checking penalty or something. And no what, kidding. And what? Put them on the power play and have them score and have them score a power play goal and and, and have. I'd right. rather take my chances with uh, the second best PK in the league than uh, than have them um, finding a loose puck in, in our crease. <laughs> yeah, but then again, our our penalty kill wasn't second best in that series at all. It wasn't like. The, it, 
No, but we, we, we also, like, Bur- I think the Burroughs injury was way bigger than a lot of people thought. Yeah, no, I agree. Way bigger. That was huge. That that Because then that, that turned changed. into Hansen playing with the Sedins for the rest of the series. That, that changed every line. Which which made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think Cashing would have made a difference in the series with all the, with the, with all the hitting and, fic- and physicality going around? Or do you think... I think it would have made not much of a difference at all. Even though Cassian is a defensive liability, his physicality and that presence alone would have been huge. The only thing is, is that Cassian's huge, and he like he's a big guy, but he doesn't use his physicality to his advantage. Yeah, he is a bit of a jungle giant. Yeah, he is. He's like a big teddy bear out there. <laughs> yeah, but and apparently he. His back injury—it it all came back to that Vanuff scrum. Yeah. Yeah. What so that's where I injured it. Yeah. Did you guys watch any of that uh, end of season presser, like the the closing presser from the players? Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I think you know I was disappointed watching that. Like none of the players—they were just like, "Oh yeah, we still believe in the core. This is still a really good team. Give credit to Calgary." Are you kidding me? How is this core supposed to move forward? Well, it seems like it's going to. Like, the, the Sedins will still be there. Um, I heard, I, I, I've heard uh, rumors that uh, if Burroughs hadn't have slayed the dragon as he did, <laughs> that he wouldn't be on the Canucks anymore. What? What? Yeah. Like, he would have been moved after, in that offseason? Yeah. Coming off a 28-goal season? Are you kidding me? Hey, but he slayed the dragon. But, well, he might not have been moved that uh, in that offseason. I but think then, Longo um, would have been then, moved. But then, but then he got two... He, got, he, he was injured for basically two years. Or then that's when he would have been moved. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I can tell you this much. Higgins is getting moved for sure. Yeah, I can see that. It, it, uh, it's pure salary dump. Yeah, I think Higgins will be moved. Pure salary dump for like a fifth round pick. Garrison esque. Yeah, because I think I think I think uh, what they should do is try to move Black, Higgins, maybe even the rights to Matthias, something like that. Yeah, uh, the rights of Matthias. Yeah. To Toronto and try to get Kadri and Gardner. You, might uh, you know, I was a big Kadri fan at first, but he has a lot of talent, but he just can't put it together. True, but he, well, yeah, and he does get injured too. Like, yeah, I really and, want yeah. them to go and try to get Johansson because this is where he wants to be. He's made that very clear. Yep. If we could have afforded him. Before the in the season. off season, in the off season, and just before the season starts, uh, Ryan Johansson is working out um, here at UBC with the Connect players. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is though, Johansson may want to be here, but the Columbus Blue Jackets are no way giving up him at all. I mean, he's he's going to be one of the best players for a long time, and there's no way. Oh, he won't be there for a long time. As soon as he's a UFA, he'll come here, guaranteed. Because this is the only. He has um, stated, and a buddy of mine knows his parents. His parents live in Port Moody. They, yeah, they no, live he's 10 coming minutes. 
his parents have said his dream is to play here. The only team that he wants to play for in the NHL is here. Why do you think he held out of Columbus? When the season had started, he was still here, but he was at UBC working out with some of the Canuck players when the Canucks had their off days. He held out. He didn't want to sign there. Fine. He was forced to because he was an RFA. Then why didn't he ask the general manager of to, for a trade to Vancouver? A player can ask for a trade, you know. So He I, asked for a trade. They said no. He, they, they, they weren't going to let him go because nobody was going to give up. Because when a player asks for a trade, that puts um, that doesn't give much leverage to the GM because then all the other GMs out there know that the player wants out. So they start lowballing you. And they weren't getting what, what uh, they wanted for him. Yeah. Well, uh, well, he won't be an UFA till at least he's 26, 27 years old. So he'll be basically at the same age that Garrison signed as a, as, as a free agent. Around I guess, you know, but but, but Gar- Garrison what? came on late in his career. Yo, Johansson has been incredible. This whole yeah, time. And, and, and Johansson, too, the next time his contract comes out, he's just going to hold out again. Yep. He signed a two-year bridge contract. They tried to sign him to a big, huge, long-term deal. He said no. They signed him to a two-year bridge contract. <laughs> yeah. Evander Kane wants to play here and only here, too. He made that very clear when the Jets were in town, and he decided he wasn't even going to show up. He turned his phone off and went and partied with his friends and then showed up an hour before the game and the coach said, you're not playing. He left. He went and partied with his friends and the Jets never saw him again until he showed up at the charter to go home. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. (laughs) Pretty immature. Yeah. I'm not sure if I want someone. I'm not sure if I want someone like that on a Canucks roster because yeah, I, don't, I don't want a Vander Kane on my roster. Well, yeah, but the only thing is, is this is where he wants to be. So if if he doesn't want to be and like if he wants to be here, then then it, it, it might be different. If this is where he wants to be, well, maybe he's acting like that because he doesn't want to be there. The Canucks aren't like, going to aren't willing to spend that money for a Vander Kane though. Look at look at all the players that 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 refused to go. Eric Lindros, Patrick Waugh just said, "I'm not never playing with you again." Then you go to the NFL. John Elway, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, he he actually got drafted by the Baltimore Colts and said, "I'm not playing there. I'm going to go play baseball instead," and forced Baltimore to trade him. Like it, it happens, it's not just certain. Like it happens, a lot of players refuse to go to certain sp- places. That's just the way the the league is, or the the way the world is. <laughs> Eric Lindros is the biggest example, though. Yeah, but still, how do you think Evander Kane and Ryan Johansson would play together, though? How would the chemistry fit? Oh, Ryan Johansson's a. Uh, that, 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 that would be incredible. Because <laughs> Evander Kane is a pure scorer, and Johansson can set you up like no other. And Johansson scores 25 goals a year. Yeah, I know. He can still score, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to the players' press conference, 
that they had. I, I, I think I can understand where they're coming from. I mean, I mean, they even asked the players of Biasco and Hamus if they were willing to waive their own trade clauses, and both of them just deflected it and said they weren't willing to. Yeah, and Biaxa seemed agitated by that question, well, too. No, Biaxa seemed agitated. Han Hughes' answer was a lot different. I, I never Biaxa. thought of it before. I never thought of that before. Yeah, his, his answer was a lot different when it came to it, and that's why I think that if he was approached, I think he waived. But I think he, if he was approached, he'd retire and move back to Smithers. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree with Trevor on that one. I mean, I mean, he's he's like Johansson. He spends his some summer times working out here. I mean, he, I mean, he's a true busy boy. I mean, he doesn't even go. I mean, he doesn't. He he goes back home to smells every every summer. So he spends his summer times here training, working out. So he, I don't think he would. He's and he even spent his and I and since I know him, he even told me that he grew up watching. The 94 Canucks make it to the Stanley Cup final that year. He grew up watching this team. He loves so, this team. So did Mike Santorelli, though, but he signed with the Leafs because he was offered more money. I think Hughes actually would be better served if he went to a smaller market. I think he's just more compatible with a smaller market, like in Nashville. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, the big market is his cup of tea. Not at all. But look at what Benning did last year. Nobody saw Benning trading Garrison. Like that came out of left field, and 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 we only got a second round pick. That was a pure salary dump. Yeah, and I'm sure Garrison loved living back here in Vancouver. He loved being back in his hometown of well, White he Rock, did. BC. He loved it here. Yeah, but, but if, then you're, said, if you're gonna if, if you're gonna get traded to a, the state of Florida with no state tax. A small market? Come on. Yeah, Garrison is more money now in Tampa than he was in Vancouver. Like, I personally would never want to play in Vancouver as much as I love love the fans and love the team and everything that the city embodies. I don't want to play in a, a big market like Vancouver. Have to deal with the media like that all the time? I want to play in a market like Florida, Tampa, Anaheim. Like, Kessler's having the time of his life in Anaheim. Yeah, I know. He 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 said in a in a uh, uh, interview that uh, he can go to the beach now and nobody recognizes him. Yep. His uh, kids and his uh, his wife don't get badgered every time they walk out the front door. Like that's probably if I could choose any team, it'd be the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. Well, I'm well. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's part of the reason why Kessel wanted to go there because so he wouldn't be recognized and. He could live peacefully there. And yeah, exactly. me doesn't blame him at all. When Ryan Miller came here, um, like he doesn't do much talking either. He said he will not talk before any games. And and after games, like how long are his interviews? Yeah. A minute or two? He gives you a simple, straightforward answer and just wants to move on. He said he, he said before he came here that he doesn't like uh um, uh, the media um, badgering him like he likes being left alone yeah and he's stayed away from them yeah he has and he, he and he, he just gives straightforward answers he doesn't really stay on and stick around for much no he doesn't he doesn't like the media well I'd say 
Well, Soda Media may not be may be bad here, but at least it's not as bad as Toronto is. Because that's you know, Toronto's just. I mean, no one has had a, a deal in place for Fnuf before at the deadline end. Even though Fnuf's the captain of the Leafs, he wanted out. Apparently, there was a done deal for uh, for us to get Kadri, but uh, Gillis didn't pull the uh, the trigger. It was for Luongo. Yeah. And then who we wish we did since uh, we're going to lose Matthias. Because I think Matthias, an 18-goal scorer, sort of tailed off at the end, wasn't really doing much in the playoffs. He's not worth that 4.5 contract that he's going to get. No, but he is going to get it somewhere. Somebody's going to pay him for only 4.5. Yeah, sure. The Canucks just can't afford it. Yeah, and even if we could afford it, I wouldn't be willing to pay it. No. Like, I'd rather use that money on, like, a defenseman like a Jeff Petrie. Yeah, well, Patrick Sharp, apparently he uh, he's going to be getting unloaded at the end of the year. Well, because... apparently there is some friction in the Blackhawks dressing room involving yeah. him. Like, yeah, apparently someone had a fight. Yeah, sleeping with somebody's wife or, uh, I don't Jesus. know. Jesus. <laughs> I was reading a Chicago paper. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, but... Is, is the reason why they're unloading Patrick Shop because of cap space? Because if it isn't, then I don't see why he would leave. Because he's on a winning team. I mean, I mean, he's been to the conference finals basically almost every. I wouldn't say every year, but close to in the past two, three years, and and they've won the cup back in 2013. So it's only been two years since they, since they have, since they, you know, since they last won it. So I don't see why he would leave besides cap space. They need the cap space for the simple fact that uh, um, that Taves and Kane's contracts start next year. All right, then. Yeah. If, if that's the case, where do you see Patrick Saw playing if 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 they don't if they unload him? What do you see? Him I like I like to see the Canucks go after him, but yep, I think he'll I think he'll go back to Philly where he played. His, most of his career in his early days. Yeah, I could, I could see that. And speaking of which, with the Canucks, with the with, with Canucks that are currently becoming UFAs, do you do you see them, you know, leaving the te- leaving the team and resigning elsewhere besides Messias? Well, the only other UFA is uh, Richardson. Markstrom. Oh, yeah, oh and Richardson, sorry. and Richardson. But I, I don't think that the Richardson went in for surgery. I don't think he's going to get re-signed. I just have a feeling they're not going to nope. re-sign him. Wait, I like which he he is a great two-way center, somebody that we really need good on the face-offs and things like that. But I just don't I just don't see them signing him. Yeah, and speaking of which, now that the season is completely over, how how would you like Benino's? First season as I cannot can you do you see him improving on that going into next season? I I actually uh. like parts of his game. Like he he did have injury problems and things like that, but like that goal that he scored in the playoffs was a beautiful shot. Did you see the slow motion of his goal though? He had his eyes closed when he shot. I, I can't stand the guy at all, to be honest. Like this guy should have been scoring at least 20 goals. He got 15. It was a disappointing year. Yeah, 
it kind of was. I mean, you start off the season so well, then 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 sort of just you know tailed off. Yeah, well, injuries had something to do with that. I- I- injuries had a lot to do with a lot of of Canucks. Okay, so you, you want to hear some rumors about Patrick Sharp? Okay. Okay. Sharp apparently had sex with Patrick Kane's girlfriend. He had That's sex with one. multiple ice girls. He had sex with Duncan Keefe's wife. He was kicked out of his house this, this summer by his wife. His wife is pregnant with their third child. That's not really a rumor. Sharp has been having sex with Cheryl Scott from ABC7. Sharp got a woman pregnant along the way. There was a fist fight in the locker room at some point due to Sharp's sex life. And they just <laughs> want to get them. They just want to trade them. Uh, how many of those rumors do you believe that are actually, that are actually true? Maybe one, but I... I don't know. I, I, we just don't know. But if I'm not saying all seven are though. It, at most, maybe one is true. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's unbelievable that the rumors are spreading. I mean, I think those are just you know, you know, fans that just hate Patrick Sharp and just want to spread up rumors, just you know, you know, just to hurt him. Yeah, and on this, uh, it just sucks. I, I feel for the guy if these rumors are true. Rumors like that don't bother players because half no, the time they, they take a toll on you for sure. Half the time, players don't even know rumors, though. They don't listen to the uh, the uh, the news. They don't want read the paper. Well, trade rumors, no, but personal rumors like this, they can take a toll on you for sure. Yeah. I do know that 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 this fight in the locker room did happen. Oh my god. <sighs> Because wow. it was it was it was uh, it was uh, reported the day it happened. Well, yeah. Well, once Patrick Shaw goes, I I can can probably say that the Blackhawks won't be as good, and and will probably you know have won't they'll still make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll be a as strong as a cup contender as they were with Shaw. I don't know about that. They've got that Teravainen kid. Who's going to be really good, and he's still young. He'll replace Sharp. Because oh, yeah. he replaced Patrick Kane when he was injured. And so, yeah, exactly. And speaking of the Hawks, let's stop. Pre- let's preview the the Hawks Wild series. I mean, I mean, this is the third time that the Wild have have met the Blackhawks in the in the playoffs, and it's kind of remind me of how often the Canucks have met the Blackhawks in the playoffs. I mean. They're facing him for the third time in a row, kind of like we did back from two, from 2009 to 2011. Well, first off, the St. Louis Blues, Hitchcock's got to be fired, right? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of changes on that team. Because, they don't I, score mean, I mean, I think, I think maybe Backus should be traded. Yeah. Because this guy just... He's a bit of a hothead on the ice. Yeah. yeah. But I, that, I, I believe I picked Minnesota to win that series, too. Yeah, I picked Minnesota in six. Yeah. I think we all picked Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota against Chicago. I don't care if Chicago has home ice. This whole Scott, Scott Darling, Corey Crawford goalie. Dilemma. Yeah, I know. That's going to come back to bite you. Like I'm, I, I'm almost willing to pick Chicago in seven. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, Minnesota wins in five or six. I, I got Minnesota in six. Yeah, I got Minnesota in, in six as well. And I think it'll be the Ducks and 
and the Wild facing off each other in round three in the conference the finals. The I agree. The I agree Ducks, with uh, Alexander. The Ducks are going to the finals. Uh, I, well, we'll talk about that. I think Minnesota's going to go to the finals. Uh, the other West matchup is... No, we already predicted it. Uh, yeah, the, the East, though. Yeah. Uh, this, this is tough for me. Uh, we'll start with the easier one. New York Rangers hosting the Capitals. Rangers in five. I got Rangers in six. Yeah, Rangers in six as well. I don't think... I don't think it'll be as easy for the Rangers as it was for them against the Penguins. I mean, the Penguins had had a defense depleted roster, and and, and plus they're dealing with one of the best goal scorers doing this in the league, in Alexander Ovechkin, and, and, and yeah, well, they just beat they just beat the best player in the world in the last series. I'm, yep. And and I, you can't blame that that series loss to Mark Andre Fleury as many times as as they could before. I mean, I mean all of those all of those losses were one goal games. He did his part to help him win his win that series for the Penguins. This is the hardest match to predict for me. Tampa Montreal hosting Tampa. Here's the thing, you know, Carey Price. He's the best goalie in the world, but his playoff stats are less than remarkable. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay just dominated Montreal in the season series. Two and, you know, twice. Yeah, and last series against the Senators, the Senators could have easily won that in seven. And Montreal relied on their secondary scorers like Brian Flynn, Dale Weiss, Lars Eller. They're not going to come through a second time. I think Tampa just has more depth, and I'll pick them in seven. Winning in seven at the Bell Center. I'm taking Tampa in six in that one. Yeah, I'm also going to pick... Tampa. I mean, they have dominated against Montreal this Money. season. Yeah, and plus, what, what ben, did they say last night that uh, they had outscored them. What, what, what did they say? Twenty. They dominated them in the series. Eight yeah. or something stupid like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it'll be the Tampa and the Rangers in a conference finals in the East. Yeah, and I think the Rain I think the Rangers are going to the cup. The, the Rangers are the most complete team in the league. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think right now it's the Rangers and the Wild in the Cup final. I think we should get back to the coaching vacancies though. Craig Brube got fired by the Flyers, apparently Dallas Eakins could be a replacement. But first let's talk about Mike Babcock. Do you think his future with the Red Wings is up? Yeah, he's not gonna be a Detroit Red Wing. Yeah, I don't see him as being as a Detroit Red Wing anymore either. I mean I mean, he said himself, this team isn't as good as, as it was anymore. He said, those were his words coming out of his mouth. I mean, his, his response of, there's no timeline on my future, it just means he's gone. I think he's gone to Toronto for sure. Well, I don't think he's going to Toronto. Really? No. So you're saying Vancouver? No, no, no. no. I, I think he's going I think, to Pittsburgh. I think he wants to be the highest paid Coach in the in the best market. Well, I think he's going to Pittsburgh for one reason, because when they when Pittsburgh offered Willie Desjardins a contract, they only offered him a one year contract because they knew Babcock was up next year. Uh, Willie Desjardins said no, so Mike Johnson took that contract, but he took a two year, 
and Vancouver well, offered uh, Willie. So so they'll fire Mike Johnson, and they'll get, like Mike Babcock's probably going to make five million dollars a year. Well, TSM Bob Bob McKenzie said if you take off that that Detroit team off the list, he was he thinks he's the Babcock is going to Edmonton. Well, why why would he want to go there? Why the hell would he want to go there? Well, that's what I think he wants to get reunited with uh, Sidney Crosby. Yeah, well, that's what Bob McKenzie. That's an ultimate F you to Detroit. Their rival, 2008, 2009. That's no. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't I don't know if he's the one to go to Edmonton. Right, there's no doubt though that he'll be the highest paid coach because right now it's Joel Quenville at two point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they, like he's gonna he Babcock's gonna get paid and he's gonna get paid huge. Yeah. He he is gonna get paid huge. I mean he's the best coach in the any NHL and and he's took that Detroit team to the playoffs twenty four straight times. That's unbelievable. He didn't do that. Well, he didn't do that. The, the franchise. He he hasn't been in Detroit for twenty four years, Alex. His first year was what two thousand seven? No, two thousand six. I don't know. Scotty Bowman was there for a long time in those years. I mean, you can give credit to, to Ken Holland for sure, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, there's only been th- three coaches for Detroit. In that twenty-four year span, Scotty Bowman. Who was before him? I... Uh, no, after Scotty Bowman was Dave Lewis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He only lasted a year or two and got fired, but they still made the playoffs. So, so if Mike Babcock leaves, who's your who? Who do you think the Detroit Red Red Wings will hire as their replacement coach? Well, Todd McClellan has already parted ways with the San Jose Sharks. He was an assistant coach with Babcock in Detroit. Yeah, he was assistant for Babcock. When they won the Cup in 2008, I think he'll be the replacement because obviously Ken Holland thought a lot of them. Unless Hitch gets fired, then it's going to be a two-horse race. Ken Holland's not going to go for a rookie head coach. Yeah, once... It's not like that. No, not at all. But who could be a rookie head coach out there? Well, I still consider Dallas Eakins a rookie head coach. Craig Berube, I still sort of consider him a rookie head coach. Like Craig Berube's an idiot. Yeah. And and now I like to, yeah. But what do you think of Edmonton hiring Peter Sorelli as their new general manager after he was let go by Boston? Well, I don't think he's a good, uh, general manager to be no, honest. No, it, well, yeah, he's the GM and president, of, but I think he's more of a president than anything. Uh, I'm not sure. Apparently, Mac T still has a job. I'm not... Yep. Mac T is still there. Kevin Lowe is still there. They're, and they're getting reassigned. They're still <laughs> going to be with the team. So, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, but, I don't but care much it, for Edmonton at all. It's not I a think... coincidence that while Benning was in Boston, they made the playoffs. And then Benning leaves Boston, and they don't make the playoffs. I, I think Shirelli's an idiot, honestly. He, he traded Sagan for... Paul, who was running the Boston Bruins yep. when, uh, uh, when Benning was there. Because Benning was, like, the best scout there. He's the best scout here in Vancouver. Probably the best scout in the league. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and now he's working for us, and I think that's a good thing too because they cannot haven't had a good draft record. And with him, and with him on us, on with on the connection, I think they will improve our draft record tremendously. At least going into this, going into this great draft. draft last year, great draft. I mean, he, yep. I mean, he drafted Sacha Demko, and and he's projected to be a good goaltender in the coming years for the Canucks once, once he you know graduates from from B, from ba, from Boston from Boston College. Yeah, from Boston College. He's also uh, they also uh, drafted Bertanen, who was the best pure goal scorer in that draft, and yeah, they drafted Jared the McCann. He, they also drafted Jared McCann, who is. Who uh, actually? He's playing, he's playing lights out right now. Saint and, and and he emulates his game on Port Kessler. Yeah, he's the, like the same player. So out of so, which prospects do you think will be making the Canucks next season? Do you think Vertanen will be we will be making Vertanen it? Vertanen will, I think. I think Hunter Shinkar. I think Shinkarik might. I think it's going to be tough because Sven Barchi has to make the team. I, I think, yeah, well, Barchi, of course, I think Bertanen, and I think it'll be one of Shinkarik or Brendan Gauntz. Well, yeah, but Brendan Gauntz is also being uh, scratched in the playoffs, like a healthy scratch. In the, the Yeah. He was a healthy scratch last night for the Utica Comets. And, and I just don't get it. Are you... Son, are you watching the, the comments playoff games, or are you just following along on Twitter? I follow it on Twitter, and then when they have stories about the the, the team, I read the stories. Hmm. Well, well, if that's if that's the case with Brendan Gaunt being healthy scratched, and I only see him making the Canucks roster, I think they basically, I mean, just wasted that draft pick. I think he's gonna. I mean, I don't think he's going to be turning into anything special for him. I don't think Brendan Gaunt is anything special, but I like his height at 6'2", 220. He weighs 220, and he's he's just a perfect third or fourth line center, almost like a model of a Jordan Stahl. Benning is going to make this team big and nasty. Like, that's what kind of team he likes. Big and nasty. I just hope Nikita Triamkin pans out. I'm not, I don't know. He's not the mean guy out there, but he's like a Chara, of course, as we yeah. talked about last podcast. Six foot nine. Just, he's just a monster. Well, so let's talk about defense, though, for a second. Like, one of... Hens is going to be gone, I think. So who replaces him? Because I just... I'm not buying into this whole Frankie Corrado, Adam Clendenning kind of thing. Like, I think, I think uh, Jordan Subban... I think Padan. Or Padan. Padan's also been playing really well, too. And how would Jan Weber's future? Um, I think that he'll get signed again. It won't He's be for a while. Yeah. No. Yeah, but you say Jordan Subban, but Subban, has he played in the American League? Yeah, he hasn't. He's been playing junior this whole time. Whenever and he just set the record for the most yeah, games. Yeah, and the same goes with Vertanen, though. Vertanen hasn't played in the NHL yet. Then again, he, no. he can't because he's nineteen. But but I think I think Bertanen's gonna uh, is gonna make it right onto the roster. I think Bertanen Horvat slides into the second or third line right away. Horvat never played in the AHL. Nope. True. Horvat didn't. 
but that's because that's because either the choice was either him playing for the Canucks or going back to junior and they didn't really see junior as, as a good opt going back to junior really as a good option for him and this, is it going to be the same with Vertanen the same option for Vertanen where it's either the Canucks or juniors yeah it is then if that's the case then then I see him making the roster. I mean, I only see the Canucks send him back down to the juniors for another year. Especially if he has a good training camp. Well, huh. last year, and he was injured and couldn't take part in the training camp, and he was the last one sent back to junior. And he didn't even play any preseason games. He didn't even, uh, he wasn't even on the ice. And he was the last one sent back to junior. Yep. That that's how much this organization thinks of him. That they kept him around so he could see how the pros um, do it, uh, be in the mix and things like that. He was the last one sent back, and he didn't even play a game. All right then. How if that's the case? How well do you think you think he'll do in his first year in the NHL if if he does play in his if he does play next season. I think Vertanen would put... I think he'll... Yeah, it depends how much he plays. I think he'll put around the same number of points that Sean Mathias did in his first year. Yeah, I think... I think Not next year, but I think when Vertanen um, starts getting going, I think he'll be a, a consistent um, 30 to 40 goal scorer in the league. I, I see Wayne Simmons type numbers, a 25 to 27 type goal scorer. And he's he's and that's why I, I just don't think Cassian is going to pan out. Uh, Vertanen is basically Cassian with more skill. <laughs> Same size. He's an inch shorter. He's going to be heavier than uh, than um, uh, Cassian. That's for sure. Most. He's only four pounds lighter right now. A caller mm. brought this up. He said, how about trading Cassian and Eddie Lack for TJ Oshie? Yeah, there's lots of talk about Oshie maybe being on the way. Oh, and they do need a goalie. Yeah, because I think Jake Allen's a backup. And I think I'm Brian, Brian Elliott Brian might be a free agent. always been a backup. Like, he's all, like, he had a couple good flash-in-the-pan years, but he's yeah. always been pretty much a backup. Goalie. He had those couple seasons in Ottawa where he was half-decent, but... I, I would do it if I was both sides, honestly. Yeah. Because Oshie, he's hot and cold, but when he's hot, he's really gone. Yeah. Yeah, but how... Yeah, but if he goes... And if... Yeah, but he said he might be... You said the call said that Eddie Lack and... And what was the other... Cassian. Cassian for, for Oshie. If that's the case, then how well do you think you would do Oshie would do here in Vancouver? You put him on the second line, or even put him with the twins, and uh, keep Verbata on the second line. I think that would work really well. Yeah, I just, I really want. I don't like Benino on that second line. I think he should be centering the third line, honestly, next yeah. season. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's why he was doing in Anaheim. He was centering the third line, and as you know, what I think the Canucks would do, put all that on. 
on the second line and put Benino on the third. Yep. And then you yeah, put. We heard Willie Desjardins when he was asked the question about uh, putting Horvat on the second line. He said, "Nope, didn't even cross my mind. I wasn't." Well, he better start it. thinking about it. And even though Benino lacks foot speed, you can then put a guy like a Hunter Shinkarik on that third line to compensate for for the speed because Shinkarik can fly out there. Oh, I know. Yeah, but a lot of Canucks rookies like Bo Horvat, Shinkarik, Vatanen. How many of how many of them do you think will be 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 playoff performers for the Canucks? When because I think Vertanen will be. be. I I, just, I don't think you can predict that. I know, but I think I think Vertanen will be only only for the simple fact I watched him in the juniors. Like, and like he throws his body around. That's something that Cassian doesn't do. Like a couple seasons ago, Chris Kreider became relevant in the postseason. I didn't yeah. even know who he was before then. I just don't think you can predict how someone does in the postseason. Well, he was definitely relevant last year. <laughs> when he Scary ran, Price! Right. No, but I love watching Chris, Chris Kreider. His, his speed is astonishing. And if Montreal does make it back um, to the conference finals and it's against the Rangers, you can bet that Chris Kreider's going to do that again. Because Hard to the crease every time. You, he's not you, a dirty player, but he's effective. But, but Chris Kreider, the, last year when he knocked out Perry Price... That was the fourth starting goaltender he had knocked out and injured that year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, so, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's a nasty player. That, that one, and, and part of me, and I'll say one of the Rangers' best young players that they have on their roster. Yeah, he is. Uh, and like as Sean said, the Rangers are a complete team. I, I, I really see him making, making it to the Cup final again this, this season. That, that's the only team in the league that I can look at right now, from top to bottom, and say they have no hole. Well, I don't think Minnesota has any holes. Well, all right then. Well, Howard Lundqvist is is getting up there in age and. And let and I don't once he's gone. Do you really think that the Rangers will be as a complete team once he's gone? Well, that's well, think, that 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 O'Connor that is uh, wandering around like his next visit is is with the Rangers, and he's down to four teams right now: the Rangers, Vancouver, Ottawa, and Edmonton. Those are the four teams he's going to pick pick from. We've already got six goalies in our organization. Yeah, and, and Cam Talbot, he isn't a scrub. No, Cam Talbot played excellent when uh, Lundqvist was injured. Yep. He just filled, filled right in. And Lundqvist is a playoff performer. His goals against right now are just are off the charts. 1.53, I think they said. Jeez. Yes. What do you think is next for Pittsburgh, though, besides maybe their coaching? Like, apparently Jimmy Rutherford is not going to trade Malkin. Like, I think you sort of have to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see them trading Malkin. And who who's going to – nobody's going to blow up their team to get Malkin, and I think that's what it'll take. Well, I think someone be, would be willing to. You'll have to give up, like, three top six forwards to get him. So you're going to give up one line 
to get one player. Yeah, doesn't seem worth it by my. I know Malkin's a great pl player, but it doesn't that doesn't seem worth it for for my. For and my he team. didn't show up in the playoff this year either. You know what? Although either at Stamkos, Stamkos does, does Carolina have the fourth pick? I think that belongs no, to Toronto. Toronto does. Where where does Carolina pick? I think they're fifth. Yeah. I'm gonna go on a limb here right now. That fifth pick in Eric Stahl for Evgeny Malkin at the draft. Book it. Yeah, but do you think? Uh, Malkin's going to agree to go to Carolina? Alex Semen did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. that's only because nobody else wanted him. Yeah, no, Semen got offered seven mil for one season. That was just, God, what a stupid deal. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. That fifth pick and Eric Stahl for Evgeny Malkin at the draft. Okay. I want the Canucks to try to get that fifth pick. And I want to see if they can get, like, Strom or something Strom, like Mitch Marner, maybe. Yeah, someone like that. Yeah. Yep. I want I want Strom. After seeing him in the World Juniors, like, he was unbelievable. Yeah, Dylan. Well, I think it's Dylan Krause. He's Krause more of, like, a third. One. Yeah. I, I just, I'm really enamored with this, uh, with the prospects this year. I'm really well, looking forward to the this draft. draft. This draft is supposed to it's be so deep, so deep, as deep as the 2003 draft. You know, people they weren't really talking about Jack Eichel because his performance wasn't stellar at the World Juniors. This kid is special. Have you watched his highlights? Well, yeah, he, he, but have you heard what uh, what Murray said about about having the second overall pick? He's really disappointed. And in a, a, a press conference, he said, I guess we're going to have to settle with Eichel. So maybe he makes a panic move for Malkin, you know what I mean? All right, then. Now, here's an interesting... Eichel to Pittsburgh? See, there's some moves right here. Yeah. Uh, all right, now here's an interesting question. I like a question that I'd like to have you here answers to. Both Edmonton and Buffalo are drafting first and second. Which one of these two teams do you see making the playoffs first? Edmonton or Buffalo? Oh my god. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah, you know what? Buffalo. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Buffalo? They treat yeah. basically all their assets and tanking on purpose just to get one of those two one of those two play one of those McDavid or Eichel and you think that that Buffalo will make it will make it first. Well, yeah. first off, next season they have a top six guy in Evander Kane. They'll have a they'll have a top guy in Jack Eichel. Uh, you know what? They're coming along. I like the I like the Sabres. Cody Hodson will have somebody to pass the puck to. Cody Hodson will put up better numbers hopefully next season. Well, yeah, you'll have somebody to pass the puck to. Now. You know what? No, honestly, Cody Hodson is just like Nick Benino. Can't skate. Good shot. But he's got a good pass. He's got a very good pass, and same with better Benino. hockey IQ for sure. Benino, Benino has a very good pass too. Yeah, yeah I think I think Connor McDavid is going to be lost in Edmonton. Like he's just going to be a forgotten man. Yep, forgotten man. Okay, how many points do you think he'll score next season? I'll, I'll go around sixty. 
Yeah, I think sixty is, is a good number to go around after go. Oh, I would I would say like fifty. You know, I'm gonna go on a limb here. Jack Eichel will be the Calder. He'll win the Calder next season. Well, my pick would go would go with would go with McDavid. I mean, I mean, so he has a Vander Kane and and all that, but I mean, I think McDavid, McDavid will only win it because of the hype around McDavid. Like that's, the that's league have already, the league has already um, uh, named him the face of the NHL, and he hasn't even played a game in the NHL yet. Yeah, well, let's not forget that the talent that McDavid will have around him, possibly Eberle, Newton Hopkins, Taylor Hall, Neil Yakupov. I mean, that's some good talent right there. I bet you some of those players aren't going to be there. I, I bet I bet you one of Hall or Everly's gone. I think it has to be Hall. Everly is the best player on that team. By far. They need the Oilers need defensemen like badly. Well, well, well. Could you see? Could you see the Oilers train one of their top players for for the Florida's best for the Panthers' best defenseman in Aaron Ekblad? Why the hell would the Panthers trade Eric Ekblad? Or Aaron Ekblad? Well, that ain't happening. Well, because they because they like the young talent that Edmonton has, and we're mind getting it. That won't. That won't. They won't be trading him for nothing. I. You'd have to give, honestly, maybe Hall and Yakupov for Ekblad, or Hall and. Hall and someone else, because I think Ekblad's special. I think he would he would be three first-round picks to get him out of Florida. Yeah, you're probably right. But you said you don't need a defenseman, and I just... And, and I'm just trying to point names out there. I'm trying to see who, who, they, who, they, could, who they could possibly get. They need a goaltender as well, but... Yeah. That's why I'm kind of worried that O'Connor might pick the Oilers. But. I think it'd be smart if he did because the Oilers will offer him a lot of money. Yeah. Just like they did to Justin Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, how well would O'Connor do in that? Well, in that on that team, I mean, I mean, we've seen goaltenders play on good. Those we saw. Ben Scrivens play on a great LA team and then go and once he went to Edmonton this kind of you know just became lost there he'll get lost just like McDavid but he'll get paid and once his time's up in Edmonton he'll go to a contender or like a market like Florida yeah. just like Justin Schultz will yeah Justin Schultz is probably kicking himself because it was between Vancouver and Edmonton with Justin Schultz when he picked Edmonton. Oh, I'm glad the Canucks didn't get him because he's he's average. Well, you never know how he would be on a better team. He just went to a really bad team. Well, you can say the same about Jason Garrison though, when he was traded yeah. from Florida or signed, sorry, but yeah, yeah. like Jason Garrison was. He didn't do very well his first year, but... He, he was he supposed to be that power play and, guy. He was supposed to replace Salah with that shot, and every shot he took either missed he the net the or shot. got blocked. He had the shot, he just didn't have the accuracy shot Salah did. He kept missing the net. 
by like five feet. Yep. That's something we don't have on the power play. Yannick Weber is our best shooter on the power Even Edler can hit the net. Edler misses the net. Edler Tom? is like, Edler doesn't want to shoot the puck. Chris Tanev can't shoot. No. Bjaksa is, oh my god. Hughes. And watching, watching, watching Henrik Sedin this year shoot the puck, my god. It was like it's I was like he's trying to saw, it's like he, All of his shots are like saucer passes. Yeah, he took a slap shot one from the blue line, and it was like watching slow-mo. The puck well, was like I, end over end. And, yeah, <laughs> and I went to one of their open practices this past year, and he he's not even shooting the puck hard. It's like he's taking the like he's like saucing the puck on the net. Like, oh, I don't want to hurt you, Eddie. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it, it's Henry can't shoot. He's got no. The Sedins the Sedins annoy me honestly, and. Maybe I wouldn't trade them for Marlowe and Thornton straight up, but Marlowe, Thornton, and someone for the Sedins? I'm going to pull that deal. Yeah, the only problem is, is that Thornton's not a playoff guy. He just completely shuts down in the playoffs. Marlo, but he, he's a consistent point-of-game guy, and the Sedins aren't playoff guys either. No, that's true. They're not either. I think Marlowe is decent in the playoffs. He's... He's getting older for sure, Marlo. and that smug face pisses me off. But yeah. and Marlowe's fast too, even for his age. Yep. Like he's he's faster than any Canuck player. player. I, you know what? I'm gonna say it right now. Thornton, Marlowe, and someone else for the Sedins. I'm doing that yeah, deal. The Sedins would never do that though. They've yeah. said numerous times that they uh, it's it's Vancouver or Sweden. Yeah, but then again, Trevor. But if somebody else, you know, who, who would I pick on? He would pick Logan Couture. Well, apparently Logan Couture and Joel Pavelski are the only two untradeables on that team. They're not trading either two of those guys. Those two guys are not going anywhere. I would take a flyer on Brent Burns, though. BC boy. Like a, a Dustin Bufflin can play both forward yeah, big, and defense. A guy that can play defense and forward. Like I'm, I'm talking block blockbuster right now. I'm talking Edler, Sedins, for Thornton, Marlowe, and Brent Burns. The only thing is, is the Sedins, the 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 Sedins will never agree to to be traded the, to anybody. Well, management will make them. Well, no, because they they've said in press conferences that if they were ever asked, that they would just uh, they they would just retire and go back to Sweden. So all the teams know that, so no team's going to pick them up because they know that they're just going to be gone. Yeah. And speaking of which, once they do about to swing, do you think they'll play as well as they did in their NHL careers? Or do you think they'll be just, you know, slagging off? And You know what? Going back to that we'll just retire thing, I wish, you know, since the scenes are never going to want to come in Vancouver, sorry, it's just the reality. I wish they just kept that a secret that they wouldn't retire. We pull off that deal of San Jose. Introductory press conference with the Sharks. Sedin's retire right there. Yeah, but then the league would probably step in and nix the trade. <laughs> yeah, they'd veto it. Yeah. yeah, they'd veto the trade for sure. Yeah, they definitely would. I mean, and, it, and for me it would seem completely odd that it would be Marlow and Storner on a team. It would just feel... Like I'm, like I'm in a different universe or something, in a mixed-up universe Well, Well, I think we need a different universe. The Sedin thing just hasn't worked out. I can't see how 
going forward, this core of the Sedins, Adler, Burroughs, that's not going to work out. And Jim Benning, oh, we're going we're gonna to build on the fly here. No, you just got to rebuild totally. I would rather see the Canucks not make the playoffs and get all these young guns in. The Sedins, they just can't that's get the job done. That's not an option, though. The owners have already made it perfect this well, year. Well, because of this market, they have so much pressure on the Canucks to succeed every year. They have to, they have to make the playoffs every year. There is no rebuilding and starting from scratch. The owners have made that very clear that that's not an option. Yeah. Well, well, I find that I find that odd that because because the Calgary has a way better fan base than than, than the Canucks do, and yet the well, fans, that's not true. It's just they have better, more fans go to the game. That doesn't mean they have a better fan base. Oh, because mm-hmm. that building was well, it's rocking in in that Canucks flame series, and I saw, hey, I thought it was because they had a better fan fan base than us. Well, that's not entirely true. It's just they got better true fans than we do. Well, yeah, that's true because the ticket prices were the exact same, or maybe even the Flames prices were even more. We're a fickle fan base. The Flames are more loyal, I'd say. Yeah, yeah the Flames yeah. are definitely more loyal. Yeah, and if that's the case, then then so you got a good point there, Alex. Actually, yeah, and that, that's my point. So if those Flames fans who are, who are more loyal were willing to go for a rebuild, then then won't see why. The fans over here can can go for. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not even the fans. The owners have said no. Yeah. The owners are the ones that sign Benning's and Linden's checks. Aquilini's so gonna have to sell no. the team if you want that to happen. Yeah, and yeah, the Aquilini's would have to sell the team, and the Aquilini's ain't selling the team. They fired their concession guys that still had a one year left on their contract so that they could take over concessions. All that money from concessions now are going into the Aquilini's pockets. I I lost a lot of respect for Aquilini and Gillis after Game Two of the Cup Finals. Supposedly they were just buying champagne for the whole TSN crew and telling, "Oh, this series in the bag is in the bag. The Cup's coming home for sure." They got cocky and fuck, we lose in Game Seven. Yeah, but then again. Big then again, Trevor. When the Canucks were playing that series, did you actually predict them losing in seven games to the Bruins? No, I, I thought we were going to win for sure. And if we had played Tampa in the Cup Finals, we would have won. We would have won that. Yeah, for, it would have been and a lock. Boston, Boston, Boston was handed that uh, that game seven too. Yeah, plus we it, it, was, it was a one nothing game, right? Nathan it was a one nothing game, winner. and there was not one penalty called in the entire game until overtime. And the Canucks, they won the West in five games. We were waiting for about a week there. Yeah, yeah. but you know what's most frustrating about, about all of it all is? We were being by a goaltender who was 37 years old. I mean, by that time, you some, by that age, you shouldn't be playing as well as, as, well as that. I mean, well, seems, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. I would I disagree with that. Yeah. Look at Dominic Hasek. He was playing like that at forty-one. Well, look at look at Chris Osgood. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right, but still, I mean, I saw that, and you said another kind of were being by a by a young group, and they were being by a young group, and they were now being by by someone who was thirty-seven. What's the middle ground here? 
Jim Thomas was body checking the Sabines. No, the refs were fucking brutal. They not. I remember when Marshawn like hip checked one of the Sabines, or I, it, it was ridiculous. I know, and then and then the speed punching. The speed bag to Daniel. Yeah. Because this everyone in the class were told don't retaliate. Maybe yeah. we should have. I don't know. Lots of maybes or what ifs in that series. That's for sure. Lock, like yeah, but the, the the league knew who who they wanted to win that series. The fact that Colin Campbell's son was playing in that Stanley Cup Finals just pissed me off. Yeah. But then again, his his father said that that there, there'll be no allegiance to Boston in that series. Yeah, no, well, that's what he of course that's what he said. What, what else is he going to say? You don't think he you don't think he was happy when he saw his his son holding the cup? Like, just fuck off. He was at the game, cheering on in his the son. stand beside Gary Bettman when when uh, Colin Campbell cup. should have presented the cup. Yeah. Like he he took he said he took himself out so that he didn't do any discipline uh, disciplinary action in that series. I can guarantee you that he was in on all those suspensions that happened in that series. I can guarantee you. I knew I knew the game was over in Game Seven when we were down one nothing. Down one nothing in that first intermission. Went to my dad and told him this game's over. I just knew. <clears throat> Yeah, because the Canucks didn't score very many goals in that series. Yep, and it was one of those series where first go- first goal wins. They they only scored eight. Like Don Cherry said, the first goal wins this game. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and that playoffs and that scoring scoring eight goals in the playoffs that has continued even now. I mean, they didn't score many goals against Hilla. I mean, basically about. About twelve goals against Hello, something like that. That's not a whole lot. I mean, Hill is still on his head. Yeah, that's basically been the case. The Canucks and and every time they in the playoffs, they always face the goaltender who has gone, who has gone red hot in the playoffs and has completely shut them down. And every well, team in the league hates Vancouver, and goalies that have actually gone on record saying that they, uh, they when they go in to play against Vancouver. They uh, psych themselves up to play their best game that they can because they want to beat Vancouver. Vancouver is the most hated team in the league. Definitely. Well, maybe Toronto now, but I still no. I still think Vancouver. Like when we were in the Stanley Cup final, nobody in Canada was rooting for us. Well, back in twenty eleven, for sure. Yeah. Like nobody. when the Kings when the Kings beat us in twenty twelve in the first round, the Kings Twitter account tweeted out. Uh, this is for everyone outside of BC. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Still, though, they gotta face a goaltender at some point. Every time, at some point, when they make the playoffs, who doesn't you know stand on his head and play as well as Hiller did? I mean, at least play average or something. Well, yeah, but goalies don't go into a series going, "I'm gonna play average." <laughs> I know, but still. But still, I mean, they, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying as all. I mean, they can, it can, it can happen. Well, that can, but the Canucks face a goaltender who has a safe percentage similar to Eddie Lacks in the in the in his games at on the road against the Flames. It can be similar to that. It has to happen at some point. 
Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it won't happen. And the Canucks will just have to have a goalie um, that beats the other goalie. We just didn't have... Neither one of our goalies could beat Hiller. Yep. Yeah. You're right, and now he's off to the second one. And, just so and Hiller's always had good playoff numbers. I looked it up. His playoff numbers before this series... Um, his goals against was 2.29 and his save percentage was like 93%. He's always had good playoff numbers. And I think... Well, when was he playing in the playoffs with the Ducks? Oh, these last couple of years, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about Jaguar. Well, he, play, he played the last couple of years yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Ducks. And, I just keep uh, thinking about 2007 because I know Brees Gollum was the backup back then. Yeah. yeah. And... and, and and I remember telling you, Son, that's part of the reason why I wanted that Canucks to sign Hiller because he had good playoff numbers. I mean, the Canucks. There's have... no place like Vertigo. No, injury prone as hell. The the Flames, the Flames were so lucky. They they got everything they wanted. The Flames got luck. Yeah, the Flames and, and, and Hiller Hiller split time with Rattler. Hiller all played year. only like 52 games, and the Flames still won somehow. Yeah, but like, I, yeah, but the reason I would be gaining him was for. For for the playoffs, I mean, because uh, I can actually have a playoff. No place like Vertigo. <laughs> you don't you don't go you don't go signing players thinking we need him for the playoffs. That's not that's not usually the way you you sign players by going. We're just going to sign him because he's good in the playoffs. You need to get there first. I know, but the Canucks had a playoff team from the get go. Remember that. Yeah, we missed the playoffs once. Well, we once. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, but the Canucks only missed the playoff once just last season, and they were getting a new coach, and they were and so they expected to be a bubble team. But I think with Hella and Lack, playoff this year, they could have they could have, and if they gone Hella and Lack, they could have. It could have been the same with. I mean, you know how he spent split time with Kari Ramo. It could have been the same scene in Vancouver. Split the time with Lack and Hella. It could have been the same scene. Benning, Benning was never going to do that. Yeah. Miller has the Benning's guy. When Miller signed on July 1st of 2014, Benning said he wanted, he didn't want to split, he didn't want to go 50-50, he wanted Miller to get like 75% of the starts. Yeah. You know, which at the very beginning of the year he was. Like, yeah, it, he was going to happen. He didn't get his first win until seven, ga- uh, seven games into the season, seven of his games into the season. Yeah. Or no, I think it might have been eight. Was he oh six and one? I think he was oh six and one. Yeah, Lack started out horrid in terms of his win loss record. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think we should wrap up. But yeah. lastly, the world champions start. To, world championships start tomorrow. I don't give a living shit about them. No. I care a little bit more only because Crosby's there. Before the team is stacked, though. They, the Canada is stacked. Sagan, yeah. just unreal. Sagan, Crosby. Yeah, he's, went, an, he's an alternate captain, I think. And he's went. Bieksa was asked, but said no. I don't think he was even asked. Yeah, yeah. he was. Botford said he was asked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, it's time to wrap this episode up. So, I'm Alexander Freaks. You can find me on Twitter at SimAlexander300. I'm joined by Trevor Naps, and you can find it at TrevorNaps16. And I'm joined by Son. You can find it at, at Spence Canucks, and you can find us on our website at www.com. CanucksBlogcast.wordpress.com. Any closing, any closing remarks, Trevor? Son. Uh, any NFL draft is today. Uh, 
Go, go Indianapolis Colts. They're my team. And uh, go Blue Jays and uh, Canucks are out, so go Mini Wild. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Rangers. Go AV. All right. All right. Let's go. Hey-o. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, and thanks for joining us.